Sobeys now come up uh, to share a special number with us. Uh, we recognize in, in watching that video just the sheer miracle that it is that you're with us this morning. Uh, we felt that way in August when you were with us. And we know that even though we hear less in our own news about what's going on, uh, that not much has changed in terms of the tragedy and the difficulty that you all are encountering on a regular basis. And so we are incredibly thankful for God's mercy on your family that you're able to be with us uh, today and to share directly with us as you have been in our prayers very, very often. Uh, and, and I don't know if all of you know this, and so I'll, I'll ask you as the family just to look my way uh, real quick, but when you were here in August, you shared an update with us, and uh, shortly after you shared that update and had that service, uh, a local reporter then wanted to learn more about your family and, and share the story, not just that we had all heard, but now to share it with the entire community. And so they wrote then in November in our local print journal uh, a feature that was about the work that you're doing in Ukraine and the message of the hope that you're giving to people, the humanitarian aid. And so this was sent to every address in our community telling the story of the work that you're doing being a light in a dark place. And so that came to everybody uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday here in America this past year. And then a few months ago, when I heard the good news of David's engagement and that you would be coming back, uh, I then also passed along that story uh, to a higher level, uh, to somebody in the governor's office, to say, I know that there are ways that we recognize citizens for distinguished service and contributions, and so I'd like to share this story that was printed in our local paper, and this family will be back in the United States in the month of May. And it took no time at all to get a response after watching some of the videos that you have shared on YouTube and reading the story to hear back from the governor's office just their profound respect and appreciation such that I have this to actually give to you as a family. So you all can't read this from where you are, uh, so I'll read it for you. But it says, in the name and by the authority of the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine and John Houston, governor and lieutenant governor of Ohio, do hereby officially recognize Scott Sobey. On behalf of the state of Ohio, we are proud to recognize your humanitarian work in Ukraine. Your work has been invaluable to those you've assisted in Ukraine, and we look up to your bravery and dedication. Your commitment uh, to making a positive difference have not only made Ukraine, but also your community and Ohio a better place to live, work, and raise a family. We commend you and extend our best wishes for your continued service. On this first day of May, 2023, signed Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor John Houston. And so we have this to share with you. And a scripture to go with that recognition is from Proverbs chapter three. It says in Proverbs three, this is a king writing to the future leadership of Israel. And he knows that in leadership, there's gonna be good and hard times. And so Solomon says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the table of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
And we've been humbled to see the ways in which you have sought to put the Lord first and trust him and not your own ways. You have earned not only our utmost respect, but even the respect of men and women who do not serve our same Savior, but respect the level of sacrifice that you have made together as a family. And we're so honored that you're here with us this morning. Well, we are the ones that are honored. And friends, we just want you to know uh, what a joy it is to look, be able to look you in the eyes today and express as a family just our deepest thanks for the way you have prayed for us, the way you have supported us. Uh, because anything that we've been able to do in Ukraine has been passing along the blessing that you've been giving to us and, and really appreciating the prayer, support, and cover that you have given us. And we are very, very grateful. And uh, my wife, Oksana, our children here, um, just we're a team. Uh, It's certainly nothing that, I mean, a lot of times in those videos, you'll see me uh, preaching or me uh, visiting the front lines or, or something like that. But believe me, behind all of that is all the work that my wife does. Uh, the tears, the prayers, the hours of counseling and praying and crying with people, my girls, all the cooking, all the helping, all the working with youth and children, and Daniel just being a blessing and helping everywhere he can. Um, And constantly, I would tell my uh, family, we'd gather them together after a particularly rough night, perhaps. I'd say, guys, are you you scared? If you say we're going home, we're going to go home. We're going back to America. Uh, if, if, if you say that, and they'd say, no, Papa, we need to stay here. We need to be here. This, this is where God wants us right now. And, you know, this, this family is, is incredible that God has given me. And I'm so grateful to Oksana and to my children. And, you know, I, I think that everybody has been kind of gripped by what's been happening in Ukraine. This is the, the largest war in Europe since World War II. And um, I think it's just grabbed everyone's attention. But as you know, we've been seeing that not through the lens of a TV camera or a news channel, but, but in real time, in real life. We've been witnessing it. We've been seeing. I mean, we've, we've been uh, face-to-face with the Russian soldiers as well as with Ukrainian soldiers and with refugees and with those that are hurting and those that are suffering and those that have, have experienced horrendous loss. And... It's actually strange to come back here to Ohio now. You know, we knew our son was getting married, and so we needed to be here for David's wedding. We were excited to do that. Uh, Our girls are in college. Delina just graduated from high school, and she's getting ready for college as well and to work over the summer, so she had to pass her final exams. And so we knew we had to come back uh, at this time, but what a strange thing to come back to Ohio. And um, I shared with people that just, and I think we've all experienced this, but like, we are staying with my parents in Medina, and a couple nights after we arrived back, I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was an airplane flying over, and I just was kind of disoriented, and I, I remember just sitting up in bed and bracing myself, because I knew the next sound was going to be the explosions, and I waited, and then suddenly, slowly, my mind began to adapt, I realized, wait a minute, I'm in Ohio, it's okay for airplanes to fly over here, that doesn't mean anything, um, but that's not the way it is where, where we've been living. And, you know, to think that there are people right now that are living with that reality day in and day out, 
They need our prayers, folks. They, I know you've been hearing, like Peter said, less about it in the news, but Ukraine is very much in the same situation they've been over this entire more than a year. It's been, um, it's been more than a year of this war of aggression against Ukraine. And I want you to know the support, not only the prayers of God's people have been helping, but America and the West's support of Ukraine has been helping. I know there's a lot of naysayers that are saying, oh, there's so much corruption in Ukraine. None of the help that America's sending is getting to them, and it's all just disappearing, and people are putting it in their pockets. That's a lie. Uh, I've been on the front lines. I know. I've heard the commanders and the soldiers. They are so grateful. They say, we wouldn't be able to be doing this. We would be gone as a nation if it wasn't for what America's done to stand by us and to support us. And so please understand that no matter what you may be hearing, the help is getting there. The, uh, the support is getting there. And the Ukrainians are so grateful for it. And they are always asking me, please tell our friends in America, in the West, how grateful we are. And I'm here to tell you as Christians as well, thank you. Because God, it's not by might or by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And God is the one who has been merciful. And Putin's plan to take Kiev in three days and Ukraine in one week has been going on for now, what, 450 days or something? And it's, and Ukraine is still a nation. They're still a free people. They're a suffering people, and they need our prayers. But these bells that you gave us years ago, these chimes that you as a church blessed our family with, have been such an encouragement. We have played these chimes. You saw some of the videos there, but every time we visit churches or refugee gatherings, we minister to people, and they love these. And sometimes we'll be playing these, and there's the sound of explosions outside. There's the sound of air raid sirens, and yet somehow the, the sound of these chimes it brings a source of comfort and joy to people in the midst of all that, and they have, they have loved it. They have been blessed by it. They always ask us when we come, are you bringing your chimes as a family? So we want to share with you just a couple songs because you blessed us with these bells, and they have been a blessing to many people in Ukraine. And one of the, the first song we want to sing to you is one that, um, that we sing there in Ukraine. And the churches sing this song. And we're going to sing it not only in the language we sing it in there in Zaporozhye, Ukraine, but also in uh, English so that you'll understand the words.
Благослови нас, Господи, благослови. Истинным духом к нам приди, духом любви. Благослови нас, Господи, благослови. Lord, how we need your mercy now. and wholeness to the ones you call your own. Come fill us with your Spirit now, holy and good. Send, Lord, your blessing with your love, grace from above. Come fill us with your Spirit now, holy your blessing with your love, grace from above. Hello, my name is Damara, and I'm 15 years old, and I wanted to share with you one of the ways the Lord has used our family to minister to the Ukrainian people. The Lord gave us an opportunity seven months ago to start a little church service every Saturday with the refugees from our town and village. And every Saturday we would meet with them, we would read the Bible, Papa would preach, we would sing Christian songs, we even gave us people Bibles. And it was so wonderful having that fellowship with them because we understood each other. We both we, um, had to leave our houses, we had to leave everything we knew, our friends, and it's so wonderful having that opportunity and it's incredible for me to see how the Lord can use something bad to bring glory to him. Hello, my name is Daniel, and I'm nine years old. One of the things I wanted to talk uh, to you about is they had this one boy not long ago I met uh, in Ukraine. His dad worked at the nuclear power plant, and uh, he, he it's really hard for him because he saw all these explosions now his eyes, he can't blink normally. He can't look, like, it's really hard for him. And I have lots of other friends, like, at, at churches that we went to. Please pray for them and all the people in Ukraine. Oh, 
I'm 18, and these past few months for my family in Ukraine have been very life-changing. And personally for me, as I was finishing up my last year of high school, which isn't very easy when you're living on a frontline city and so much is happening around you, but I'm very grateful that the Lord is able to work out those things that seem too complicated for us to handle. And the Lord definitely has shown us how to live in complete surrender to Him, and I think I understand what that means better than ever as we live through that war. And um, I am so grateful that the Lord told us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And as we were ministering to those people in Ukraine, and a lot of them were just so troubled and so panicked and hurt, um, I could see that many of them were either lacking or didn't have that personal relationship with the Lord that gives you peace. And so we were so privileged to share that source of peace with those people and love and light and I believe that no matter what the situation you're in, um, and no matter how hard and difficult it seems, if you have that peace, nothing can truly harm you. And this next song we're gonna play, we've played it here before, but we sing this so often, almost every time we get together at churches or with refugees, and this song is our prayer for Ukraine. Sacrifice the hope for our land. 
touch from your hand. Боже, я молю за Украину, Боже, молю тебе за людей, И простите, спаси, И милость свою нам яви. Боже, я знаю, что ты будешь с нами, В храме твоем, Ты небесами радостный мир, И даруем житья за людей, Видав книгу житва. Hello, my name is Oksana, and probably most of you know me. And uh, we already sent updates and videos to thank you for your kindness and for the contribution that you did for your donations for the project that we had going on last summer a year ago uh, at that time we asked you to donate certain items and later we shipped them to ukraine and as i said we already showed you some videos but i had to personally thank you for everything that you gave people loved blankets, socks, vitamins, and especially peanut butter. <laughs> so, you know, we of course shared with them how to make peanut butter cookies, how to make peanut butter sandwiches, and that was so, so special. And we wanted to thank you, I wanted to thank you personally for being a part of that. And as we actually started that project, after even all the stuff from America was gone, we realized, you know what, we've got to do, we could, we've got to continue. We need to do something else because we met refugees, we met people that lived in terrible conditions. There were times, I know of a family, there were actually several family, there were 11 of them living in a two-room apartment. A lot of times people had a hard time finding housing and so, you know, those refugees were willing to move in and rent just basically an empty home with nothing in there. And so people had to start from zero. And the Lord gave us an ability to help those people. We bought refrigerator. We bought couches that can unfold and be a bed for people. People lived in a horrible conditions. I know businessmen from my town who used to have several businesses and they had to leave all of that and come and stand in line to get humanitarian aid. Life changed for so many people drastically and we realized we need to keep doing this. And so the Lord helped us and even there were some warehouses that we were able to get groceries and we bought some things and we were keeping that ministry, ministry of providing necessary things, food items for people, and that was a blessing. So I had to personally thank you 
for being part of that project because that project actually led to a broad, broader ministry and wanted to say thank you to you. I want to bring your attention to a passage of scripture today uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And um, <clears throat> I want to use these words of the Apostle Paul. Uh, and yes, thank you. <laughs> you uh, I almost forgot. Thank you. You're already... I was asked to let the children know they're welcome to go to Sunday school at this time. Thank you for staying, but uh, I'm sorry I forgot to announce that. We're going to look at these words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote uh, during one of the darkest, most difficult times and experiences in his life. And I want to use these words to kind of share with you a little update about what's been happening in Ukraine and what God can teach us through that. 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, verses 17 and 18. Paul says, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, the Apostle Paul describes here an experience that happened at one of the most crucial and difficult moments of his life. And during that adversity, he saw something important. He saw something important about this world that we live in. He saw something important about God. And he also saw something important about himself. And in these verses, we catch a glimpse of that. And, you know, friends, as we've been experiencing this war, uh, there have been moments these past months that have helped our family uh, see some things about this world that we live in and see some important truths about the God that we serve and also learn some important things about us and why we're here on this earth. And I want us to look at these uh, moments here. First of all, Paul said, uh, and, and he, we see here that we see something important about what this world is and what it does. It would be nice, wouldn't it be, friends, if we had this world that we lived in and it was all rosy and happy all the time and there was no suffering and there was no evil, there was no bad, there was no sin, no sin nature. That'd be a wonderful place to live. But that's not the reality that we live in right now. I know there's some people that would like to say, oh, man, is basically good. And, 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 you know, people, you know, when you face evil, as the Ukrainian people have had to face it, as even our families had to face it over this past year, you begin to realize that something is very wrong in humanity, in the hearts of people. It's called sin. And that's exactly why Jesus Christ came to solve the problem of sin in the lives and the hearts of people that God loves. And Paul saw something important about this world and what it does. He, he, he talks about being delivered out of the mouth of the lion here, doesn't he? He talks about, he knows that God will deliver him from every evil work. There's, there's evil in this world. And we've seen that firsthand. I mean, we shared with you last August how God miraculously delivered us from the mouth of the lion, how uh, we came through those 19 Russian checkpoints, and God, in a miraculous way, delivered us, even though 
Um, there were moments when we thought that, that they were going to detain us and arrest us, and, and they wanted to do that. It just seemed like God wasn't going to let that happen. He was hearing the prayers of his people. And, you know, as we have continued to minister to people, we have seen the effects of evil on their lives, of this world that we live in, and, and the devil who is fighting in a very real way. It's not just a physical war that's happening. You know, there's times that I'll be along the front lines and I can't believe I'm in the 21st century. I'll be looking at these soldiers. There's trenches and there's, there's um, tanks and artillery shelling and the, the mud. And I feel like I'm looking at something from a World War II or a World War I movie. And I can't believe this is the 21st century and this is happening right now. And, and it's just the, the smell and the sights and the sounds of pure evil and death. And yet, and yet we see that Paul had hope in the midst of that. And as we have been ministering to the people around us in the city of Zaporozhye, which is only a few miles away from the front lines and is often coming under attacks by Russian uh, S-300 missiles and, and the, the kamikaze Sahi drones that they get from Iran. And, you know, they're constantly trying to hit the infrastructure over the winter. Uh, people were using generators because Russia was trying to knock out the electric and the gas and the uh, water infrastructure of Ukraine, and they did not succeed. The, the, the people were still able to survive and were able to get things up and running again after a few hours, and it's just amazing how, how that was overcome. But we're ministering to people that are experiencing that evil all the time, and many of them are terrified. They're scared. They're refugees. They've left the places like we had to leave. Just an hour away is Russian-occupied territory, and now we're living in the city of Zaporozhye, which is just on the other side of the reservoir, the Nipper Reservoir. And, you know, these people want to go home. They're suffering. They're longing. Uh, one family uh, in one of the homes where I was trying to pick up the, the rubble and the pieces, one family that, uh, that suffered in that attack they actually had just evacuated. They thought they were coming to safety, and then their, their apartment that they had temporarily moved into was, was hit by a, a Russian missile. You can imagine the fear that these people live in. And, you know, I am so grateful to Oksana because it was, it, Oksana had the idea. She said, Scott, we need to reach out. We're in Zaporozhye, but there's many people from our home village that have come here to Zaporozhye and we can minister to them we can connect with them and I, I was a little bit skeptical but I didn't know how we would connect with them she even though she has experienced herself an unbelievable heartbreak and loss and uh, you know she has known what it is to suffer this past year she had such a heart and a desire to reach out to those those refugees and I, I'm so blessed as a husband by that and you know um she began over social media to connect with people that are in our town. And that's when we started to reach out to these refugees and have times when we would give them humanitarian aid, times when we would have like special events over like Easter, Valentine's Day, Christmas, uh, Women's Day, International Women's Day, still sometimes celebrated on March 8th there. And we would have these special events for, for those people and, and share with them the love of God. 
And then every week we also have, for those interested in hearing the word of God, those that come to those where we give out humanitarian aid, if they, I would say, if you want to hear more about the Lord, uh, this Saturday we're going to be meeting, we're renting a little place in the center of Zaporozhye. You're welcome to come. We'll have fellowship uh, activities for the for the children, Delina and Damara are wonderful. They gather the children together and do crafts with them and do all sorts of wonderful projects. And the parents, they say, this is like an oasis in this horrible nightmare that we're living with. We come here, we have fellowship, we see people from our home village. And you know, I'm just so amazed. I, th I think, you know, all those years in Balky, in our village, when we tried to minister to people, and yeah, we would see some, if we would pass out invitations and two or three people would come on Christmas or Easter or something, we'd be thrilled that we were having an opportunity to minister to some of these people. And if, if the, ch the children that we were ministering to in our village, if one of their parents would come or grandparents, we were thrilled about that. And now it's not hard at all to fill an entire auditorium with people, as you can see, who are open, who are hungry. People from our village, some of them say, we knew you were there before, but we just weren't sure what you were really all about. And now we know. And we have the chance to share the word of God. with. I've been seeing people that for years, like, like the mechanic in our village, uh, the neighbor down the street, people that for years I've been trying to minister to, I've been giving Christian calendars to, Oksana's been praying for, we, and now they're coming, and they're hearing the word of God, they're listening, I can see them wiping tears from their eyes, I can see their hearts open, and I just think, Lord, thank you, thank you for even using this evil to bring about good and drawing people to yourself. I can remember sitting with Peter, Pastor Peter, at a little cafe down the road here a couple years ago, and, and we were, during one of our visits, I remember sharing with him how discouraged I was and saying, it's, I sometimes wonder why we're still there. Why, what are we doing there? I, I can't see the fruit. I can't see, yeah, there's little things happening here and there, but it, it's, I just don't understand why does God still have us in Ukraine? And I remember Peter encouraging me. I remember him saying, Scott, be faithful. Just keep being faithful. That's all you're called to do and encouraging me. And then I look at how, how God now has opened up a door to share and to plant the seed and the word of God in so many people's lives, in so many people's hearts. You know, folks, even though we're surrounded by evil, even though we have the pressures of evil in all of our lives, you know, the Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what God's called us to do as Christians, to just not let the evil around us and the pressures and the discouragements and the depression to overcome us, but to overcome that with good, with the word of God, with his promises. And I'm here to tell you today, our family's here to tell you, if you don't, if you don't remember anything else, remember this, even in the darkest places of life that this world can offer you, even in the darkest places of this world, Christ is still there to bless you, to minister to you if you'll open your heart to him. We've proven that. We've just come from one of the darkest places in this world today, and Christ is even there in that darkness to everyone who will open their hearts to him. You know, we live alongside these people. They're watching our response to this evil. You know, and people around you are watching your response to your life situations. When you get sick, when you face pressures at work, when you face misunderstandings and conflicts, uh, money difficulties, financial issues, whatever it is, you'd be amazed people are watching how you respond. 
And, and the people around us are watching how we respond. You know, after missile attacks, after explosions, they come, they, what do you think? What do you think? And, and it's so important that they see in us faith, that they see the peace of God that passes all understanding. And it's so important that they see Christ in our lives as Christians. You know, oftentimes when there's missile strikes on our city and I'm helping the volunteers who are cleaning up, sometimes we stand and we literally watch as they're pulling the bodies of our neighbors out of those buildings. And you can see the pain and the anguish and the bitterness and, and, and the anger in people. as they're wa- These are people that last night saw the same sunset that we saw. They went to bed in the same town that we went to bed in, but Russia decided that they didn't deserve to live anymore. And they never got a chance to wake up. And these people are hurting. They're seeing their, this happen to their neighbors, to their loved ones, to their grandmothers, to the children. And they're watching this happen. And we're, we're picking up little toys of, that the children left behind in the apartments there. And we're picking up the little glass vases that I know some mother uh, put her flowers in. And, you know, to, to do that, these people are hurting. And they know I'm a pastor. They know I'm a minister, and I have the chance to encourage, to pray with them, to share with them during those dark hours. People are watching us in the evil that's going on around us. They're looking for hope. They're looking for light. And that's not just for us as as missionaries in Ukraine. That's for every one of us as Christian people, as those who bear the name of Jesus Christ into this dark world. People are looking to us, whether we know it or not. So yes, in a very real sense, we've been living in the valley of the shadow of death, but we've known and experienced a light that is greater than that darkness. So Paul saw something about what this world is and what this world does. He, he wasn't trying to paint a rosy picture. He talked about the lion and the evil. It was real. He faced it. We faced it. But then we see something important here about who God is and what God does. And it's important for us to not get so focused on the evil in this world that we forget about who God is. Paul says, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me. He delivered me. Did you see those words? Paul said, God is a God of faithfulness. He's a God of goodness. And folks, it is so important that no matter what we face in life, that we do not lose hold of that truth that God is good. Satan will do everything he can to attack you, and he'll do everything he can to to fall upon you and to convince you that God is not good. He doesn't care. Maybe he cares about others, but he doesn't care about you. God wants to remind us over and over again that no matter what we see around us and experience, he is faithful and he is good and he's there with those even who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And so that's the message that we're trying to bring to people in Ukraine. We're trying to remind them of God's goodness, even in the midst of the darkness they're experiencing. That's one of the reasons that I felt very strongly that I should try to get my volunteer chaplain credentials to, be, to become a volunteer military chaplain so that I would have access to the frontline cities like Bakhmut. You've been reading about Bakhmut, one of the largest battles in modern history. Um, the places that you saw that I was standing in those videos in Bakhmut are now under Russian control. The Ukrainians no longer have those places. Um, Ukraine has been pushed to the very outskirts of Bakhmut right now. Um, So, you know, 
in those places I was standing and there were battles. There were, and I remember moments there when, when bringing that message of hope and love to those people who were suffering. I remember kneeling by one little girl and there's explosions going around. There's high-rise apartment buildings, but on every side there we could hear the artillery of the Russians bombing the city and, and it would, you, the ground would shake and you could feel the vibrations. And I, I noticed, I, I had a little American... Uh, dollar, one of those presidential dollars, and I, the, the little girl was there with her grandmother, and we were giving out aid and sharing the word of God, and, and I was talking with her and showing her the president on a dollar, and she was smiling and looking at it, and she was talking, and, and it struck me, every time there was an explosion just a few blocks away, uh, you know, I would flinch, a normal person flinches every time you hear these explosions and feel the wave of the vibration, and it occurred to me as I was talking that that little girl no longer even flinched. She didn't even, she had become so desensitized that when there were these explosions in these waves, she just kept smiling and talking. It did, she had t- learned to just, to just tune it all out. And I thought, that's not normal. That shouldn't be like that. A child should never come to the place where they are experiencing horror and explosions and death all around, and they can just keep on going on because they put up those psychological blocks and walls in their mind to somehow cope, to somehow survive. We tried to evacuate those people. We tried to convince them, you need to get out of here while there's still a chance. But I'm I'm looking into the eyes of people. I'm looking into the hearts of people as I share the word of God that are experiencing that darkness, and I'm reminding them, God wants to be with you. He's good. He's a good shepherd, and he wants to be with you even in this valley of the shadow of death. I remember this one woman in Bakhmut that we were evacuating. She came up, and, um, and she wanted to be evacuated. She had her, her, um, her bags with her, this older grandmother, and we helped her into the car with the, the van with the others. My friend, chaplain, Pastor Vadim, was, was driving, and I remember as we were leaving Bakhmut, hearing the explosions, but getting a little farther away from it, she began to just break down and sob and cry. And I said, what's wrong? You're okay now. You're going to be safe. You're going to be in a place tonight where you're not going to hear those explosions anymore. She'd been there for months and months trying to survive, trying to live in a basement with others. And she began to, as she cried, she said, what am I going to do now? I'm going to be homeless that's why I didn't leave everything I know. I've never left Bakhmut. I've never been out of there. Now I'm leaving and I'm not going to have a place to stay. I have nothing. What's going to happen to me? And I remember being able to open the word of God with her and share the words of Jesus Christ. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I remember sharing with her and praying with her and saying, you're going to be okay because tonight... There's going to be people that are going to meet you. And as long as you need to, they're going to keep you in a safe, warm place. They're going to help you with your documents. We have people that are going to help you. But most of all, there's a God who is good, who's protected you to this moment. You're still alive. And he loves you, and he wants you to call on his name. And she said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And as I prayed with her, you know, folks, what a joy it is as a Christian to be able to have a message like the gospel, that we can take to people who are hurting and we can say, yeah, this world is evil, but God is good. He is faithful and Jesus still saves. And so, you know, 
when we go to those basements like that lady lived in. I remember in the basements of a little town called Vilika Novaselka. It's also near the front lines, and we were there was a school there that's all bombed out, but the basement is still in one you know piece. So most of the people in that neighborhood of that town, Vilika Novaselka, they live in the basement of this school. And so we went down in there and. Again, we were sharing the word of God, bringing help to them. They were so grateful. And I remember one little old babushka, little grandmother, she, she had made piroshki, which are these little uh, meat pastries and potato pastries. You know, they don't have gas. They don't have water. They don't have electric. They haven't had it for months. But, but over the open fire, they're trying to keep some semblance of normal life. And she said, I knew you were going to be coming, that volunteers were going to be coming today. And so I baked these try one and I remember taking that I think it was the most delicious pirojok that I've ever had you know because it came from the heart of somebody who's suffering and who wanted to bless us even though we are the ones that are trying to bless them but what a joy to be able to open the word of God in that little dark basement with those people gathered around and to be able to share with them the hope of Jesus Christ that there's a savior from sin and a Lord and Savior and Good Shepherd who wants to walk with us through the valley and to see them listening. And then when I close in prayer, and then I, I always close with the Lord's Prayer. O Chinash, Choyesina Nibisach, Nechai Svetitsa Imyatvaye. And I share the Lord's Prayer, and they join in, they join in. There's a faith that is alive that has not been destroyed by the Russians, by Putin. And you know, what a joy that we can see who God is and what he does in the midst of these dark, dark moments of life. So Paul saw something about what this world is and what it does. He saw something about who God is and what he does. But finally, he also saw something important about who he is and what his purpose is. And we can see something important in these verses about who we are and what our purpose is as people, as Christians. Uh, Paul said, he said uh, in verse 17, um, that the message might be preached fully through me. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me so that all may hear. And then later on he said to him in verse 18, to him be glory forever and ever. To God be glory forever and ever. You see, Paul understood that his life was not about his own kingdom, his own comfort, his life was about God's kingdom and God's glory, about the message of Jesus being preached through him. Paul understood, that's my mission. That's what my life is about. I see what this world is and the evil in this world. I see who God is, his goodness and faithfulness, but I also see who I am. I am to be a messenger so that through me, the people around me can feel the love of Jesus Christ. And... You know, as we visit churches, as our, as our children even play on the chimes um, and bring that joy and that comfort to people, as we interact with people, as we sit in coffee shops or in our home that we're, we were renting, um, or as we uh, sit during our refugee ministry meetings, or as we uh, just go to, as I go to the front lines or to the, um, uh, the soldiers and, and minister at army bases, you know, every time it's, Lord, it's about your kingdom. It's not about my comfort and safety and what's convenient for our family. It's about what you want to do. 
Because we're never going to be happy, folks, when we're pursuing our own happiness. When, we're, when, when number one priority for us is my kingdom, my power, my glory. And we might even wrap it up nicely and say, well, it's about my family. It's about this or it's about... But you know what? If we're seeking things on this earth, we're never going to truly be fulfilled. Remember what St. Augustine said? You created us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. You know, God created us for his kingdom, for his glory. And and the Apostle Paul said, my goal is that through all this evil and everything, that through me the message might be preached fully to everybody. And you know, what a joy to see people that are catching hold of that vision in Ukraine. You know, I shared with you last summer how right before we evacuated from our village under Russian occupation a a family that we had been ministering to that Oksana had been praying for for years we'd had had them over to our home and they came to our home just before they were going to leave to get out of the Russian occupied territory that we were living in and they said we've been remembering what you and Oksana shared about how important it is to get right with God and we don't want to leave with our children before we know that we're right with God that we've been saved, that our hearts have been forgiven. And Anatoly and Vera knelt on our living room floor and they prayed and and they received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And Anatoly, as soon as he got out, um, we kept contact with them and and then they eventually moved to the city of Zaporozhye where we live in and so we've been able to continue to build a relationship with them there and disciple them. He became a soldier, a Ukrainian soldier. He's in the, right now he's serving in the military and he's been on the front lines. He's been in Bakhmut. He's been in other places. He was wounded actually during that this, this past year and he's experienced some horrible, horrible things but his faith in Christ has kept him strong. In fact, every, every Ukrainian soldier has a call sign, a nickname. You know, they don't call you Anatoly or, or Sergei or Vasily. They call you uh, whatever. It's some kind of, uh, whether it's um, Samsung or Motorola or Rabbit or, um, you know, they call you some kind of funny name, and that's your military nickname. Well, you know what his military nickname is? The soldiers gave it to him. He didn't take it for himself. You you get it from others. His military call sign is Saint. Because everybody knows how much he loves God and how much he prays and talks about God. And so they they nicknamed him Saint. And you know, uh, Anatoly, he gave me a call one day not long ago. He said, Scott, I talked to my commander here at the army base. He said, you can come and you can preach to uh, to the soldiers here. And so... Oksana, the girls, like always, like whenever I go on these trips, they get gathered together care packages, and we got Bibles, Ukrainian Bibles, of course, for everyone. And I went there, and I sat in those tents and with those soldiers, and, and there was Saint standing by, all proud and happy that his fellow soldiers were hearing from a chaplain the word of God. And I shared with them the good news of Jesus Christ and prayed with them. You know, folks, what a joy to see people like, like Anatoly who understand it's not about our kingdom and our glory. It's about his kingdom and his glory. And you know, when Oksana organizes these special events like at Easter time or uh, recently or Valentine's Day or Christmas, these people are so blessed. Like I said, it's like an oasis from these refugees in our city. And we have the chance to interact with them even by having them over at our home or to uh, coffee shops. And one, I remember not long ago sitting with Nikolai and Oksana, her name's Oksana too, from our hometown there, who also evacuated and, and left. And I remember Oksana saying to my Oksana, you know what? 
You've been talking about getting right with God, repenting, getting saved, receiving Jesus. I think I'm getting pretty close. I think I'm getting pretty close. And you know, this last Saturday before we left, just a couple weeks ago, at the very end, when I said, is, is there anybody? I, I always ask if anybody would like to pray and give a chance for people to seek the Lord. That Oksana, she waved her hand and she came running to the front and she wanted to kneel and pray and, and receive Jesus Christ into her heart. You know, God is working and he's doing something in the midst of all this evil and all this darkness. And God wants us to not be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. And I just want to thank you for the way you have prayed for us, the way you have supported our family, the way that through us, you've been blessing Ukrainian people who are hurting and who are suffering. We've been able to pass along gifts to them and say, this isn't from us. This is from some people in Ohio that love you and are praying for you and have not forgotten you. And folks, I hope that you're able to also take some lessons for your life today from what the Apostle Paul said. Yes, we see what this world is. We all see it. But we also see who God is, who our Savior is. He's faithful and he's good. And because of that, we also see who we are and what our mission is and what God's called us to do. And may God help each of us to be faithful to that calling. What are our plans now? What are, what, what's next for our family? Well, a lot of that depends on what's going to happen in Ukraine. We had to come back for many reasons during this time, our wedding and Delina graduating and different things happening. I got a chance even to see you and others and thank those that have been supporting us. But, you know, over this past year that of, of living in Zaporozhye, we've been praying, God, what's next for our family? Uh, and God gave us, Oksana and I, a, as we fasted, prayed a, a firm conviction that we should stay in Ukraine at least for a year after the war so that we could continue to minister. So many people, even Christian ministers, unfortunately, left uh, at the beginning of the war. And we just felt like it was very important that we not leave right away, that we stay. And, and we constantly prayed, Lord, is it getting too dangerous? Do you want us to leave? What's your will? And God gave us a peace. And no, for right now, I want you to stay. I want you to stay. And our children even felt that conviction. But as we prayed and fasted about what to do now, uh, now that we've come back, first of all, the house that we were renting in Zaporozhye is no longer available, so we had to get, we don't have a place to stay there right now. We could probably find another place. That wouldn't be a problem. But we've, we just really feel like God has led us to wait before going back. We feel like God's given us a peace in our heart that right now we need to wait and see what's going to happen in Ukraine. If there's a, a successful counteroffensive and Ukraine is able to push back and to push the Russians out of our hometown and that territory that, that has been occupied and we're able to go back to our home, to our village, to our church that we've been ministering to for, eight, in eight, for 18 years, if there was an opportunity to do that, then probably we would go back. And we're waiting to see what's going to happen, at least for a time, to, to minister to those people uh, to go back. But if, if that doesn't happen in the near future, we're, we're just going to wait, and we're going to see and pray and seek the Lord step by step. We don't have return tickets right now. We're, we're just going to wait on the Lord and pray. We ask you, please, to pray for us. We are in constant contact 
Um, in fact, yesterday I posted a, a video message for our refugees that gather together every Saturday, and they watch those. We're doing even a, a Bible study with them, giving these people. Many of them are seeking. They're not yet Christians, but they're seeking the Lord. And, and so we're keeping in touch with them. We're praying for them. But for the time being, we're going to stay here in America and wait on the Lord and pray for victory, pray for a healing in Ukraine. And we ask you to pray that God will bring help to Ukraine and also bring wisdom to our family to know what the next step is going to be for us. Thank you all so much for standing with us, for praying for Ukraine, for praying for our family, for giving so much uh, to make this ministry possible. Thank you. We're honored to continue to pray for you uh, and also receive the wisdom as the Lord has laid upon your heart that as he has directed your steps, he will continue to do so. We don't right now know when or how, but we are confident uh, that he will continue to guide you like he's guiding all of us. So would you stand with me and pray and the praise team will come and finish us off in our last song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that we have received, just the living testimony uh, of the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy in his declaration of your protection and provision for him that you rescued him from every evil deed and also to see that now and to hear that from the Sobies themselves that you have kept them from the lion's mouth that you have guarded and guided their steps and we just thank you so much for, for the joy and privilege that it is to have their presence with us but we know that there are others who miss their presence, that uh, there is a home that they're not allowed to go to right now, and there are people who are still suffering. And, and so we do come to you and acknowledge our need of you. You are the only one who can be with us here and also be with them there. That you are in the hearts and minds of, of people all over this world, and so we thank you that you are God and that we are not. That the limitations that we feel and face are not limitations to you, that you can continue to move through your Holy Spirit uh, into every heart that is open to receive you. And so we pray for that. We pray for the ministry that the Sobies have while here uh, through technology with those who are there. But we also pray for rest, for refreshment for their own hearts, that as they have labored so long, that they would also sense your good shepherd hand leading them to still waters, to green pastures, uh, allowing themselves to enjoy a, a time of peace, uh, to sustain them and refresh them for whatever the future holds. And we pray the same for us as well. Father, would you guide and lead each and every one of our steps? And so now we sing this uh, song of praise to you uh, as we pray to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 